This is Optimal Living Daily, Relationships, Episode 47, Fatal Dating Mistakes, Part 1, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. And I'm Joss Murray, your host and personal narrator right here on the Relationships Edition of Optimal Living Daily. This is where we share content with you from all the best relationship blogs in the world, and I have the honor of narrating them to you every single weekday. Today, I have a post from Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com, all about fatal dating mistakes. And just a reminder for those of you who may be interested in joining our mailing list, make sure and do so before July 1st, because we'll be giving away a free book to a randomly selected person on the list. We actually do this on the first of every single month. It's just a fun way for our team here at OLD to show some gratitude for your support. Come by oldpodcast.com. And with that, let's hear today's post as we continue optimizing your life. Fatal Dating Mistakes, Part 1, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Did you ever make a foolish mistake? and screw up on an otherwise good connection with someone you were attracted to? Maybe you made the mistake during your approach. You said or did the wrong thing at the wrong time and killed your chances. Or perhaps it happened during a date. Everything was going okay up to a certain point. And then you hit a snag. And you could just tell that you made the wrong decision. Game over. Or did it happen later? Maybe things were going well for a while. Then you made that one fatal error that moment of poor judgment, and the connection died then and there, never to recover. This applies not only to errors of commission, but also to errors of omission. The action you didn't take, the golden opportunity you missed, the hesitation that caused everything to fizzle. And of course, what happens afterwards? You replay the situation in your mind again and again. You fantasize about a different outcome, you beat yourself up for that one stupid mistake. If you're looking for a contrived list of the top 10 mistakes and how to avoid or remedy each one, you won't find that here. I don't think that type of advice is particularly helpful for such situations. So let me give you a different and significantly more empowering perspective. Vulnerability to Mistakes Consider that if a connection you're exploring with someone is so vulnerable to mistakes, even at the very beginning of your connection, then maybe the other person wasn't so compatible with you to begin with. Even if you had managed to avoid that one mistake, another equally fatal one may very well have occurred later. And if not that one, then some other one. If stepping on a single landmine could kill the connection so abruptly, perhaps the mistake wasn't that you stepped on a mine. Perhaps the mistake was that you walked into a minefield to begin with and you were unlikely to create a strong connection no matter what you did. You were doomed at hello. Even if you succeed in creating a decent connection under such circumstances, you'll always be dodging minds to preserve it. If you drop your guard and stop being so vigilant, you'll accidentally step on a mine and kill or seriously damage the connection. You'll never feel free to be yourself. You'll never feel relaxed in such a relationship. I've had several experiences of connecting with a woman where things were going well for a while and then the connection took a wrong turn and died. I can often recall the exact moment that happened. Something she or I said or did that killed it. Initially, there can be some regret about that. 
If only that one mistake had been avoided, then everything might have been golden. But after some time passes and I look back on those connections more objectively, I can see the minefields that I initially overlooked. It was clear that in each of those situations, the compatibility was weak from the start. Even if we had avoided all the mines, those connections were unlikely to ever flourish. Sometimes our lifestyles were incompatible. Other times, there was a major differences in values. And still other times, the attraction just wasn't there. That one exploding mine was a gift. It saved us both from going any further down the wrong path. Fault Tolerance In my experience, connections that have the potential to become very strong tend to be fault tolerant from the beginning. If the compatibility is high, then the minefield is largely absent. You could still kill such a connection deliberately if you chose to. But if you actually want to make it work and the other person does too, then there's little chance of stepping on a fatal mine. When I meet someone with whom I share some deep compatibility, especially on lifestyles and values, it's hard to screw it up. I can make all sorts of mistakes and the other person won't hold it against me. She might not notice or she'll brush it off or she'll be bothered briefly and quickly forgive me. And I'll do the same with her. We tend to sense early on when the compatibility is strong and so we're more likely to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. We see such connections as being investment worthy so we're very willing to cut the other person some slack. When I found myself in situations where the compatibility was weak, I have to admit that I probably stepped on a mine or two deliberately, knowing that it would bring things to a close. But if I were to take the same action with a high compatibility connection, it wouldn't have the same effect. When I look back on how Rochelle and I first connected, we were so compatible that I think it would have been hard for either of us to screw things up when we first got together. I could have said or done the stupidest things and she would have forgiven me, or she would have pointed out that I was being a dork, or she would have played back at me, and I'd have done the same thing with her. And in fact, if I look back, I can see that this is exactly what happened. We each made many mistakes that would have killed less compatible connections, but for us, those missteps made no difference. Since the connection was investment worthy for both of us, it wasn't so vulnerable to mistakes. Without the need to be vigilant about avoiding minds, we can both be fully ourselves. We can make mistakes and they don't even matter. We don't have to worry about stepping on any minds because there's no minefield. Other good connections I've had, including friendships, followed a similar pattern. When the compatibility was there, I didn't have to be vigilant about saying or doing the right things and avoiding mistakes. Mistakes didn't matter. But one of those same mistakes would instantly annihilate a low compatibility connection. Investment worthiness. As I've gotten older, and hopefully wiser, I've lost interest in chasing low compatibility connections. I have no desire to learn someone's minefield and try to maneuver through it cautiously. I'd rather just be fully myself, knowing that my normal behaviors will be enough to repel connections that wouldn't have worked out anyway. This saves me a lot of time. Investment-worthy connections are less common, but they're ridiculously rewarding. One good connection of that type is easily worth more than 100 low-quality ones. One of the main reasons people don't enjoy more investment-worthy connections is that they're wasting time on partial matches. 
Many are currently stuck in a relationship with a partial match, which is a huge repellent for an investment-worthy connection that comes along. Because you appear to be unavailable, you won't even notice the golden opportunities you're missing. They won't present themselves while you're entrenched in a partial match. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Fatal Dating Mistakes by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. To hear part two of this post, make sure and join me for tomorrow's episode. And just a quick reminder, come by oldpodcast.com and join our mailing list if you'd like to be entered to win a free book on the first of every month. July 1st is just a couple days away, so good luck. And that's a wrap for episode 47. Thanks a bunch for listening, and I'll see you again tomorrow for part two of this post from Steve Pavlina, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.